show number 71 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Go. <laughs> show 71. Woo! Woo! Look at his butt. Look at his butt. Well, um, this is a, a departure from the usual. We're just going to talk about two things tonight. Two things. Two things. That we just watched. That we just watched. Oh, three things. I'm so sorry. Oh, I all right. forgot about the third thing. Let us introduce the, the newest member of our staff. <laughs> this is my new dog, Jack. He's now the new official podcasting dog. Yes, and we'll put up a picture of him. Yeah, and the good thing is that um, he watched both of the things that we're going to talk about tonight. Yes, and I'm sure he'll have plenty of interesting comments. Yeah, definitely. So welcome, Jack. Yeah, here he is. He doesn't speak on command or anything, but, you know, I don't know. Maybe you'll hear him growl or something if he doesn't get some food. Really? He's looking eagerly eagerly at my notes. Right. So our plan was we were going to watch one thing, and then we were going to watch the remastered Mary. Mm-hmm. Comes on here at 11 o'clock on Saturday night, and I checked to make sure I knew which mm-hmm. channel it was going to be on, and it was on at 9 o'clock. So we had to watch that first? We had to watch that first, and our timing worked out perfectly. We had just finished a lovely dinner, mm-hmm. and so then we sat down and watched the remastered Mary. Yes. So first thing was the remastering didn't do very much, except for the ship shots and some of the planet stuff. Yes. So that was that was it. It's, Yeah, <laughs> but... Cleaned up. The colors are oh, yeah. so, so vivid. And the Kirk light. Oh, oh there was so much baby. Kirk light. There was a ton of Kirk light. Oh, yeah. It was great. But one of the things um, that we were talking about, I was a little confused over. Maybe some of our listeners will know the answer. I heard, you know, that they had re-recorded the music mm-hmm. and, you know, done the soprano, that, that bit and everything. But, um... That isn't what we heard at the beginning mm-hmm. of the show. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, are they being, you know, that true to it? Because that part did not actually come in until second season. Mm-hmm. And this is the first season show, or what's going on there? So I that don't was know. kind of weird, yeah. Um, so here are the notes that I have for the first part of it. Um, on the first establishing shots on the bridge, the only um, person, well, there's Kirk, and there's Spock, Spock and there's Rand, and... Who knows who all those other people are? Anonymous crew people. They're anonymous crew people. No Uhura, no Sulu, certainly no Chekhov because it's first season. And the guy who's sitting in Uhura's chair, we decided was... Um, the ship serial killer. The ship serial killer. He um, is nervous. He's sort of, you know, fussing with his hands. Like, I swear when he's behind Kirk and Kirk's talking, this guy looks like any minute he's going to jump up and knife him in the back. I wouldn't sit in front of him. He was sort of channeling Jerry Espenson just a little bit. <laughs> So uh, that was kind of weird, and then McCoy joins them up on the bridge and bitches about whatever he usually does, and and then they decide to go down, and we decided that this was one of those episodes where they they said, we're going to save ourselves a lot of money, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we're going to use existing sets on the Paramount back lot, and they did. Yep. And existing broken tricycles. Existing everything. And so they beam down to the planet, and it's, it's Kirk, Spock, McCoy, two security guards, and Rand. Yeah. Why? Because she's useless. Oh. They, they hadn't caught on yet that the episodes were much better if Kirk went down to the planet and found a beautiful woman. Yeah. Rather than taking one with him. So useless. I mean, out of all the other people who were on the ship, they picked her. Mm-hmm. And she does nothing. Stevens would have done a better job. Absolutely. She wouldn't even touch stuff because it was too icky. Yeah. When they walked you into the You saw her sort of shine away from stuff. Oh, 
so yeah. stupid. So I noticed a couple things. One was that um, this episode, although it wasn't written by Gene Roddenberry, unless it was him writing under a pen name, I'm mm-hmm. assuming it wasn't, that this was one of those very talky episodes that um, they occasionally did, which were usually written by Gene Roddenberry. Mm-hmm. Like, not a lot of stuff happens. But... His talky episodes were usually very preachy. That's true. Which this wasn't. It's true. But it was still, there was a lot of talk. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of everybody talking about the problem and how they're going to solve the problem. And then Kirk gets that, that part where he has to talk to all the kids and try to bring them over to his side. And No, blah, blah, <laughs> blah. What a great line. Just talking and talking and talking and talking. Um but I have to say, I haven't seen this in a long, long time. Kim Darby is great. She, she Yes. She's wonderful in this. Mm-hmm. Um, she does a really good job of being sort of alien and mm-hmm. not being like a human kid and portraying that confusion about growing up and not knowing what's going to happen mm-hmm. and clearly falling in love with Captain Kirk, but doing it in a very natural way. And in a very um, innocent, yeah, young, exactly. you know, just hitting adolescence sort of Yeah. So she was great. She was a perfect casting choice for that, I thought. Um, Despite the fact that at one point when she gets upset, Kirk grabs her and hugs her. And I thought he broke her neck. Yes. I swear (laughs) to God. He just grabs her. It's like, oh, there it goes. You just killed her. Um, And the scenes where Kirk is um, at first being nice to her just to be nice to her. But then when he's manipulating her a little bit, oh, boy, the charm and hotness. (sighs) And then the, the one scene I actually wrote down the live dialogue when, when he decides he wants to use her to, to go find the other kids and he just kind of walks up to her and he's smiling at her and everything and he says, want to go somewhere with me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. I mean, imagine, I'm sure that Bill had some input into that line because that's probably all he ever had to say to a woman. Yeah. It's just, you want to go somewhere with me? Yeah. Not No place like the broom closet. <laughs> <laughs> The back of my car. Your place special. Just yeah. Want to go somewhere? Let's just step behind this set. <laughs> <laughs> and just so much Kirk light. There was Kirk light all over the place. Oh yeah. Unbelievable. Um, and then we were talking a little bit about that weird line that Spock has when yes when uh, they're all talking about having they can't go back to the ship because they're going to die. And Spock says he's a carrier and he can't go back to the ship either. And then he says. And I do want to go back to the ship with this little smirk on his face. Like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? Mm-hmm. And why would did he say it like that? Why was it even written? <laughs> what was the intent of the line? I don't know. I do because know. the the implication is sort of as lovely and pleasant as this planet is. I would still like to go back to the ship. What? <laughs> it was really weird, and it's clearly supposed to have a meaning beyond what that he wants to go back to the ship because the camera is like focusing on him and he says the line and he has this smirk and then we get a reaction shot of Kirk who kind of chuckles to himself a little bit. It's like, was there a joke there that we missed? (sighs) What? Some in joke. (sighs) I don't know. So that was weird. Um, And then we noticed the part where um, when Rand gets all upset, which was awful. I have to say, so she was supposed to be featured in this episode, and she's just useless. I mean, she can't do anything, and Grace Lee Whitney wasn't really acting. And oh, she never has an expression on her face. She just kind of looks... Her two expressions are pouty and pouty and confused. Yeah, and there's a lot of pouty and confused, yeah. absolutely. And her character just kind of freaks out at one point, and... You know, it's all about how, because she looks so bad now, and of course, that's the worst thing ever. 
is for a woman not to be beautiful mm-hmm. in, in the sight of the captain. But um, I do like how mean Spock is. He her. is very mean to he her. He's bitchy. Which is good. But we, we both noticed that when she is so upset and Kirk is trying to comfort her, it's like he doesn't really want to be doing <laughs> I know. He, he's like <laughs> patting her, her shoulder, but he's keeping his hand away, so maybe he's patting a little bit of her wig, but really? not really touching her. And you expect him to be doing it like kind of in a, in a, a Mr. Burns-ish way, like... Okay. They're there. Yeah. <laughs> They're there. Like, I don't really know how to say this. But... So that was really funny. And then we were also speculating, of course, we were watching the version that was cut for syndication, so a whole lot of stuff got cut out. So one thing we were wondering was, what the hell happened to the two security guys? One they, of them later showed up. But just, whoosh, they disappeared. We had no idea what happened. And then, at one point, Mary starts calling Kirk Mr. Lovey-Dovey. And we mm-hmm. weren't quite sure where that came from either, you know? What, did he say that that was his last name? Yeah. As you so rightly pointed out, you, don't, you never want to use your real last name when you're dealing with underage girls. That's right. Yeah, so. Jim Lovey-Dovey. Jim, my name is Jim Lovey-Dovey. Yep. It's hyphenated. <laughs> L.D. Mr. L.D. <laughs> Um, and then there was another great line of dialogue, which I really want to use in a story somewhere where they finally developed what they think is the vaccine and, uh, they're debating on whether they should use it or not. Of course, Spock and McCoy are arguing about it and Spock says, it could be a beaker full of death, (laughs) (laughs) which is so (laughs) B-movie. Maybe that could be the title for like a really good science fiction noir short story. Yeah. A beaker Beaker full full of of death. death. Love that. Yeah, I think that would work. Oh, so that was hilarious. It's, yeah, because Spock doesn't use colorful metaphors no, all does. that often. So I love that. Beaker full of. <laughs> um, and then there was the part we had been waiting for. Now, did someone tell you about that? Or about what? About Kirk when he picks up that kid and throws. Him no, across no, the that was one of the episodes I watched at the gym. Oh, okay. And Kirk remember. just. Takes that snotty kid and just throws him across the room. It really does. It was so funny. And they kept going with the scene. It wasn't like there was a cut yep. right after it. They just kept plowing right through it. That was really amusing. That was good because, oh, man, I don't like that kid. No, very, very obnoxious. And you know what? That kid is weird and ugly enough to be, um, what's his name, son. Son, absolutely. Son of the serial killer. I agree with you. Maybe it was his son. Maybe so. Because it was sort of like family day on the Enterprise. It was. Because Shatner, two of his daughters were Mm -hmm. in the Brat Bunch. Yeah, and who knows, probably others. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, and then, you know what else I noticed watching it again? Hmm. Was that they get the vaccine and they give it to McCoy and he gets better. And then um, they all are like, oh, that's over with. Kirk walks out of the room. Just he leaves. It's like what he was going to have a pee or something. And good, <laughs> no, leaves. I think he was. He was. Um, he was going outside the room so none of them would see him experience this this very girly thing of, you know, you you've kept up the the brave mm-hmm. front for so long and finally you don't have to. So he was going to go. Oh my God! I'm not going to die. You know, something like that. But it was just so weird. It was. Oh, it yeah. was like they were in. Um, suddenly they were in a police drama or something, and the mm-hmm. captain was going back to his office after yep. solving the crime. Yep. <laughs> so strange. And then there's one like ten second teaser back up on the bridge. Where Rand says, oh, what a shame to leave all those kids alone. And Kirk says, well, I called Space Central. Yeah. 
Which is right next door to the Space Diner. That's right. And the Carnival. And, uh, you know, Marge, the operator at Space Central, Central. said, uh, we'll we'll put somebody right on it. Thanks for letting us know. Space Central. And, like, that was it. And then it was all wrapped up. Bing! The episode was over. yep. It was so strange. But, oh, Shatner looked so... He Good. did. He was and there were, oh, there was so much Kirk light. I was, I was being blinded by the Kirk light. It was a lot of Kirk light and and a lot of uh, a lot of close ups on him. Really good close ups on his face and his toupee looked good. I mm-hmm. have to say, for yes, the most it part. did. And his uniform fit him pretty well. Yep, didn't look like it had shrunk too much. And he has that very dramatic scene where he rips the sleeves open and then he walks around with his. Elizabethan sleeves for the rest of yeah. the Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was cool. That was doing it for me. I like that. That was pretty funny. Uh, so, so this good. This, this was very good. And, uh, you know, we were wondering about how are they determining the order in which they're doing these episodes. And here's what I'm thinking. Aside from random? No. Um, I think there is a, a method to yeah. their madness. I think there's like an A team and a B team. Mm-hmm. And the A team are being put on the episodes that they're doing a lot too, or where they're doing something really special like they did in a month time. Mm-hmm. And the B team is doing the episodes where basically you do ship and planet shots. Mm. And the B team can get through their episodes faster. Oh, you're probably right about that. Well, one thing I did notice in this was that um, that shot of the Enterprise that's orbiting the ship, it opened, I think, three different scenes. Mm-hmm. It was the same shot. Oh. Every time. Oh. And I wonder if it was the same shot every time in the original episode as well, and that was sort of matching it. But it was the same shot hmm. coming around from the, the the left side of the yeah. screen. It was exactly the same all three times. Hmm. So, you know, whatever. It doesn't bother me, but I just thought it was kind of weird that it was yeah. the same. Well. There. So, you have to talk because i got a mouthful of uh, peanut butter cup. <laughs> well, I was just going to say that... Um, this was an early episode. It's fairly early in, mm-hmm. in season one. I think it might be like the fourth or fifth episode. And um, really, you know, a good drama and, and well-performed. Mm-hmm. I think so. And it was a an opportunity for Kirk to give the speech, which he gave in many other episodes about um, how... He didn't want to hurt them, and and the kids had become just like the adults that they hated so much because they were the ones who was hurting mm-hmm. him and hitting him over the head with those rubber hammers and everything. And I'm pretty sure that that speech was repeated almost word for word in several of the other episodes. <laughs> As you have become, the no blah 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 yeah, part, <laughs> you've become just like them. That kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, well, I, they were setting, you know, establishing standards. Yeah. Hey, I, I don't get tired of hearing it. Oh, um, me neither. So, yeah, and he got to have, be dirty and sweaty and bloody, mm-hmm. which is always a good thing. Didn't have a ripped shirt. No, well, he ripped it himself. He didn't have a chest. That's true, that's he true. He had arm rip, not chest rip. And I think that's the only episode where Kirk rips his own shirt. <laughs> On per- well, that you can tell. And give that we see him. That we see him rip, do it. Rip. Yeah. Look at my arms. Oh, baby, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there were other episodes where he ripped his shirt like he did in uh, uh, Future On. Future On. <laughs> <laughs> So that was fun. We, we were glad that we realized that was going to come on earlier and, yeah. and got in there so and that watched was good. it. So that was thing number one. And as soon as thing number one was over, we immediately queued up thing number two. Which was? <gasps> Galaxy Quest! Yay! Finally, we watched it again after all this time of talking about it. Yes. And not doing it. And I have said 
many times, Galaxy Quest is my second favorite Star Trek movie. Mm-hmm. My first being Wrath of Khan. But this is so so wonderful and funny and and loving and clever on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's a good movie. It is. It Just is. Aside it's from a, all it's the, a good, fun adventure. It is. Besides all the Trekishness, it is a really good movie. So if you haven't seen Galaxy Quest, and you really should, um, the plot is basically that there's a science fiction series on television, much like Star Trek, and it goes off the air after a while, and people have loved it and have conventions for it. And through a strange series of events, the cast of the, the TV show is mistaken for real space adventurers and have to um, help stop a galactic war. Yes. Essentially. And these are our actors who apparently have never worked since then, mm-hmm. except to go to conventions and, and open supermarkets mm-hmm. and things. And, <laughs> and uh, it, it's wonderful because it... it it shows something that I think, as fans, we would all like to believe, that we were seeing not just Kirk and Spock, but the best of those people. Mm-hmm. And through this adventure these actors have, they do discover that yep. in themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's also such a wonderful valentine to the fans, because first of all, it's very savvy about mm-hmm. Trek and about the fandom. Uh-huh. And what the fans are like and what the fans expect. And I remember the first time I saw it and I was just loving it, loving it, loving it. And about, I don't know, three quarters of the way through, I thought, but, you know, they really need more of the fans to be part of this. And that was right when they brought in, you know, the fans saved Mm -hmm. the day. And uh, it's, I have always meant to and I never have bothered to, but to look up, I would love to know something about, like, the genesis of this movie, Mm. the people who wrote it, and did they have trouble getting getting this sold? Who was it pitched to? Mm-hmm. How did it change from their original intent? I would love to know more about that yeah. because it's, it's a very funny movie that you can enjoy without knowing anything about Trek, but it really is an insider's movie. Yeah, well, we should we should try and find that. There's probably a website somewhere that has it. There, there are. Remember, there was a, a real Questarians <laughs> website yes. for a while where people were, you know, sort of doing it as, as a parody mm-hmm. of typical... Fans, yeah, sites. absolutely. Well, um, th- there were so many good things about this. I thought um, they got a great cast to be in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Allen is really, really wonderful and is sort of channeling William Shatner, I think, without doing his... a Shatner impersonation, not at all. And and the good thing that I thought, um, noticing it this time, watching it again, was that I felt he really captured Shatner's enthusiasm mm-hmm. and and the way Bill would have been. So. Um, Part of his arrogance, you know, that he's the star showing up late because he doesn't really care that he's there on time and hogging all the limelight from everybody else. But then when he's actually with the aliens and he understands what's going on, he has such boundless enthusiasm for it. And he wants all his friends to be there, too. Yes. Just like, come on, come on, this is the greatest adventure You don't want to miss this. You don't want to miss this. Come on, let's do it. It's going to be so much fun. I love his first entrance because I think that's how Bill comes into a room, which is... (laughs) Everybody must be glad to see him. And that's how Tim Allen comes in. I'm here. And then when they're all like mad at me, what? What? What did I do? And uh-huh. I, that's got to be Bill. It's totally Bill. And there, there were so many moments in the, in the movie when he does such Kirk-like things. I mean, I was just mm-hmm. noticing in that one small part when 
near the end of the movie and they get captured and they're thrown in this, this storage room and he has to very quickly figure out how they're going to create a distraction. And while he's there, he's kind of looking very quickly from one side to another in a very Kirk-like way. Like, oh, I can see he's formulating the plan from episode 17, you know. It was just, it was, it was subtle, but it was really well yes. done. Really well done. Well, I remember you and, you and me seeing it together at oh. one point in, in a theater and I think he just like leaned back in his chair, and you and I laughed and laughed and laughed because it was so Shatner. It was so everything about his performance is is just so good, and even the the part in the beginning when he's being um, kind of a jerk and, and arrogant, mm-hmm. and he's all hungover, and you know the 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 aliens, the Thermians are trying to explain it, and he says, "I'm just going to close my eyes, yeah, <laughs> while you're talking, but I'm listening." And it's like immediately falls asleep. <laughs> Yep. Um, uh, the other performance I really think that that has to be mentioned, though, because it is so outstanding, is Alan Rickman <laughs> so as Doctor Lazarus. He could not be more dry and sarcastic. Oh, and so fed up. So, so oh, he so had it with the whole <laughs> thing, with the fans, with his fellow actors, with saying that stupid <laughs> lie. But it's really interesting because he, in a, in a way, sort of crystallizes the whole thing when he has that moment when he realizes how important that stupid line is mm-hmm. to the people who who love that character yeah. and want to believe in that character. Yeah. It's it's a wonderfully touching moment. It's 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 great, and and he plays it really well. And um, the the thing we had noticed, I think, when we saw it the first time, which I still don't know why they did this, but he is never out of makeup. I know the whole movie, and even in the scene where he's at home, he's still got the thing on his yeah. head, the, the fin head. That's what, <laughs> it's so strange that they just made that choice. I mean, well, you know, maybe they're going for well, he just got home, or maybe uh-huh. that's the excuse or something. But I, you know, I think that was deliberate that mm-hmm. we were always going to see him as as doc, in his Doctor Lazarus yeah. makeup. So that was that was kind of funny. Um, but he he is just he's wonderful and. Um, it's it's really fun to see him get caught up in it by the end mm-hmm. when he finally sort of gets won over to the whole thing. Yes, it's it's really good. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I'm losing my train of thought. Um, the Thermians are wonderful. Oh, they are just about the best aliens mm-hmm. ever, and not just because they're funny and cute and lovable, but because they are so consistent as a group mm-hmm. with the way they move, the way they 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 talk and and laugh and everything and i love how uh they're obviously getting their cues from mathazar mm-hmm. because when he laughs they all oh okay and they <laughs> laugh just like him it's mm-hmm. it's really wonderful it's, the attention to detail there is is fantastic yep they're all so good and we noticed around that this time around watching it that one of the thermians is um now dwight on the office Yes, in it's very, Rain Wilson. Yes, in a very small speaking and part. And the, uh, the guy, I don't know his name, who plays Quillig, mm-hmm. has played an attorney on Boston Legal a couple of times. Right, right, and has been in some other stuff that we've, we've seen, too. Yeah, and I think the, uh, the girl, Jane Doe, mm-hmm. has been on Boston Legal oh, really? at least once. I'm oh, pretty sure I recognized okay, her once. That's good. And I also have to um, say that uh, right at the end of the movie, when they crash back to Earth and they go into the thing, um, the convention... The guy who's doing the emceeing for the convention is Kevin McDonald, who's one of the kids in the hall. And 
Oh, um, I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, oh, that's it was great. Just, and it's such a small part, but he has that really funny line, which just cracks me up when they, they're coming out of the ship and they're all dazed and they don't quite know what's going on. And then they introduce, um, you know, Alan Rickman as uh, Dr. Lazarus. Give him a big hand. He's British. <laughs> yeah, he's sort of filling it, saying whatever. It comes spewing out. That is a great line. And another crewman. <laughs> Well, I got to share with everybody what my favorite line is, and I had it for a sig for quite a while. Is when they are are, are running from the bad guy, you know, and they're in the ship, mm-hmm. and he tells Tommy, "Hold down the turbo," <laughs> and uh, Alexander, Doctor mm-hmm. Lazarus, yells at him. I mean, there's all this noise going on. He goes, "You can't hold down the turbo. It's only for short bursts." And he just screams at him, "Like you now!" <laughs> That was great. It's such a it's such a wonderful, well done movie, and I love how at the beginning when they're showing a little episode of Galaxy mm-hmm. Quest, how it's cheesy, mm-hmm. and then when they're on their real adventure, you know, the, there are great effects and the yeah. ship looks great, yep. but you know, in the old one, it it looks it really looks cheesy. So I think they managed to get in all of the the elements they got in. Um, you know, taking the, the new ship out of dry dock, which is standard, which is hilarious as they scrape it along the side. Everybody's yeah. leaning, leaning. Arr, it's horrible. They got in um, a couple of space battles. Mm-hmm. They got in a flight through a minefield. Mm-hmm. They got in a planet side visit with some creepy little aliens. Yes. <laughs> Did you people ever watch the show? Uh, a fight with a rock monster. Um, Tim Allen taking off his shirt. Yep. We didn't have him um, seducing an alien. No. But he did get a, a really good kiss in with um, Sigourney Weaver, Sigourney Weaver which is at really the end. Good. Yeah, we got in um, the ship almost self-destructing, mm-hmm. but not quite. Yep, um, triggering the alien device, so a little bit of time travel in there, and yeah. a black hole. That's true. And the ship separating. And the ship separating. Yeah. So so many things that were little pieces of Star Trek, kind of all squished together, mm-hmm. but in a, in a coherent way. It wasn't overkill like oh how can we put this in and no but there, there's there's some really wonderful details and i remember the the one time my husband consented to watch this <laughs> and uh we're watching it and i'm just enjoying it and you know keeping quiet not annoying him with trekness and he he goes is there a lot of trek stuff in this and i said oh, yeah that blue stuff they're drinking is romulan <laughs> ale <laughs> Oh, and he's eating a steak. And, and they said we have um, we have cued the food synthesizers to your place of birth. And uh, he says, "Yeah, it's like Iowa corn, yeah, which is exactly. very, very that cool." Was good. So just lots and lots of tiny little jokes like that that were just so funny. And and the character that uh, Alan Rickman plays is an alien in the, the Spockish vein, very mm-hmm. much sort of the first officer, science officer, very unemotional with this whole other weird mythology behind him mm-hmm. involving someone named Grapthar. <laughs> Who had a hammer. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> but I thought that um, the, the character, um, um, what's his name? Is it Quillig? Gwillig. Gwillig, who's who's really uh, a, a fan of Dr. Lazarus. Um, his lines at the very end, uh, when he says, even though I never met you, I always considered you like a father to me. And I felt like those were words they could have taken from the mouth of so many Trek fans mm-hmm. who feel that way about the characters, that they found something in the Trek characters that were... More meaningful to them than what was really going mm-hmm. on in their lives. Well, and even earlier, I think one of the first things Gwilig says to Doctor Lazarus is, 
I have I have tried to to live my yeah. life by your your yeah. your rules or, what, or whatever they were. Yeah, and that's very true. And I was really glad to see that played not in a pathetic. Dork no, way. no, it was very much in an honorable way, and mm-hmm. makes him a really strong and clever character mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing. And and I, it was just. Like you said, it, it's it's really nice way of acknowledging the goodness of fandom. I mean, and, and mm-hmm. they, you know, there's comments on the silliness of the fandom as oh, well. Oh yes, but, but they really get at it. And to show the the fans, Brandon and his little posse, which included a girl, which I was really yes, happy yes, about, yes, yes, um, that they are the ones who saved the day because they have this encyclopedic knowledge. But they're also clever. I mean, they're not just book geeks. You know, they, they have ideas for how things can be saved when they talk about um, the Omega-13 device. And Brandon is saying, well, a lot of people think it's this, but this is what me and my friends think. And it's like, they thought about it. And they've had the discussions long, long. Hey, one other thing they got in that you didn't mention. Oh. The ducks. The ducks. Crawling through the ducks. Oh, the ducks. Of course, and she even says that. Why, Why is, is it, it always ducks? ducks? That's wonderful. That was great. And the, the chompers. The chompers are so funny. And the flames well, and at the, the end, end are, are beyond gratuitous. The chompers are gratuitous. There isn't even a word for the flames at the end. Oh, so funny. So many cliches all thrown together. Oh, but what a good story. And, and with a great ending. You know, yes. A really, really good ending. And and some really poignant moments throughout the whole thing, and mm-hmm. kind of when you don't expect them either, which yep. makes them really good. You know, especially that there's a scene right at, near the beginning once they've gotten to the alien ship, when they start to realize how serious all this is, and you find out that the previous captain of the ship was tortured to death by the evil guy, and, and they show it on the monitor, and even though it's a CGI alien, it's still awful, and everybody... Mm-hmm. You know, immediately the mood gets very, very yes. serious, and you you realize that this is a life or death situation for the Thermians, and mm-hmm. it stops being a joke at that point for the audience too, as yes. well as for the characters who are in the movie. Right, and that, I thought that was well done, and it's not overplayed either. No, that was the nice thing is is those those moments like like you're saying they they weren't they didn't hit you over the head with them. They were they were just their very natural moments, and they did a really good job of um, of smoothly. Going into those and then getting back into the, mm-hmm. the comedy of it. Yeah, yeah. And I got to say, I think this was one of the first big movies that Sam Rockwell was in. This is the first thing I remember. He is from. so fucking funny. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. Because he is over the top, but not in an unbelievable way. Mm-hmm. He completely comes off like some third-rate actor who's yeah. been in a lot of crappy TV shows, and this is like his one moment to do, do something. Do you know what character is very, very much like that now? Who? Is the character on Entourage of Johnny Drama. Uh-huh. Um, he's the brother of this guy who has become a big movie star, and mm-hmm. Johnny Drama has been in Hollywood for like 20 years, and he's, he's always saying, oh yeah, I remember that from when I was in Beverly Hills 90210, mm-hmm. and somebody will go, yeah, they fired you on the second day, didn't they? You know, I mean, this guy is always, you know, pushing himself to to be uh-huh. more, to have more, and it, it's very much like Guy, except Guy is much more likable yeah. about it than Johnny. Well, I noticed, um, I hadn't noticed this before, right at the beginning at the first con, when he had, it, he's the MC, right? He introduces mm-hmm. them, and then he comes up to them later, and he says, uh, "Mind if I sit at the table with you?" And he does in a yes. later shot. He's actually sitting at the table yep. with them, so they make a little room for him to sit down. Mm-hmm. And he's really got good. pictures he's of got himself. Picture. He's going to do some autographs. Oh man! And then he just has some of the best lines going through this. Yeah, so especially the thing about didn't you ever watch this show? <laughs> well, and I do love too when. Uh, 
Tech Sergeant Chen says, Did you ever think you might be the plucky comic relief? <laughs> and then I think Shoulder rolls, they got shoulder rolls. They got in. shoulder rolls in there and then a, a total nod to Trek when when um uh, Tim Allen is running around down on the planet and Guy says, you need to construct a weapon. Look around. Do you see a way you could fashion a rudimentary lathe? <laughs> <laughs> That's so perfect. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, oh they really really did a number on that. <laughs> oh, what a good movie. So we had heard from time to time that they were thinking about making a sequel. Mm-hmm. I don't know whatever happened with that. Um, well, one of the things, is, one of the problems that is being, that there is involved with that is um, the guy who plays Tommy Laredo, mm-hmm. he was in a very bad car accident and is now, I believe, in a wheelchair yeah, permanently. So. Uh-huh. Although I think they could do right around that. I mean, these are clever, mm-hmm. clever people. Yeah. But, um, you know, I was thinking, well, now, you know, that Brandon's grown up and doing the math commercials, <laughs> they could, you know... There could be a twist, you know, yeah. bring Brandon back into it. I mean, along with everybody else, too. And uh, But he's now an adult, and mm-hmm. I don't know where where you'd go from there. They but. could do something. I don't know about Tim Allen, though. He's had too much plastic surgery. Yeah. He looks kind of creepy now. Yeah. He looked good in that movie. I haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah. I've seen, I haven't seen any movies, but I've seen pictures of him in the oh. movies, and he doesn't look very good anymore. Hmm. He looks creepy. Hmm. Dear, dear. Well, maybe they they will have to do uh, Galaxy Quest: The Next Generation. <laughs> what, what was it? Galaxy Quest: The Journey Continues. Right, but that was still them. So this would oh, be a whole okay. new so, cast so with we... a bald captain. Yeah. Who drinks tea <laughs> and knits? What a wuss. <laughs> Picard huffily puts down his knitting. <laughs> oh, you know, speaking. Okay, we said we were only going to talk about two things, but I meant to tell you this. Um, I was at. I forget the name of the website, the one where they do the the, res- the restorations. Oh, the Star Trek History? Yes. Yeah, they and have they have some new, new shots up yeah. there. And one of the things is that in the uh, uh, the one where, where Sarek is not Sarek. Where oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I forget what that one's called. I know which one. Does you're everybody doing. else know what I'm talking about? The one where it's like a submarine battle? <laughs> uh, 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 Balance of Terror. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Balance of Terror, uh-huh. that at the end, right before the alien ship blew up and they all died, uh-huh. that Kirk saluted the alien captain. Oh, like with that thing? The no, like a, a, oh. a military salute. <laughs> oh. No, like like this, you know. <laughs> like, like Python. <laughs> like Monty Python salute. Um, no, that he saluted him and then the alien captain, you know, nodded and then their mm. ship blew up. And I'm really glad they didn't do that because that would have been overkill. Yeah, I think so. But anyway. Because we never see people salute otherwise. Well, yeah, we never do. And also, I, I just feel it's overkill from the idea that they respected each other as commanders, understanding mm-hmm. that each was doing his job. Um, and I thought that came through loud and clear without anything as mm-hmm. overboard as that. Yeah, I agree. Um, there is a bunch of good news stuff up at, at StarTrekHistory.com. Mm-hmm. There's a whole um, other scene that was found on a reel of film that... Um, hadn't hadn't been it was a negative so it had never even been printed oh really it was from um the the garth episode what is that oh <gasps> uh, whom gods destroy yes whom gods destroy it's just a reaction shot mm. so spock says something and in the regular episode on tv they had just cut it differently but this is a whole take and it's kind of cool 
Um, and wow. they have a couple different versions. You can watch it as it is without the sound. You can watch it synced up with the sound from the episode. And then they did it one other way that I can't remember. Hmm. And, and you know, there's a lot more um, clips and other images and stuff like that. They do a pretty awesome job over there. Well, good. Yeah. I just, I, I love getting those those extra little things that, you know... Didn't it didn't make it in yeah. or cut or whatever? I think that's that's always interesting. It's amazing that there's always new stuff. Yes, like there are all of the stories about Star Trek have not been told. Mm-hmm. People are still finding new footage and coming up with new things and little parts of episodes that never yep. got shown. Yep. It's like it's never going to stop. No, well, that's it's okay. More, I'm okay with that. And, and in 200 years, they'll be digging up the lost scrolls of Star Trek. It's true. Well, you know, actually. If we, you know, if we have you know, like an Armageddon or something in in a few hundred years, they could be digging up our fanfic and thinking that's something that really happened, just like the Thermians. <laughs> uh, that would be funny. They will, though. I mean, they would say, "What was the most important TV show ever? Star Trek. Star Trek. Yeah, because it influenced everything. Everything. Everything everywhere. I wonder if Bill has seen Galaxy Quest. Um, I know Leonard has. Really. Yeah, because he commented on it at a at a con. Was I there? I think you were. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, because um, he was on stage, and I can't remember what the question was. It didn't have anything to do with Galaxy Quest, but he 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 asked, "Have have you all seen Galaxy Quest?" And we were all like, "Yeah, yeah." And he goes, um, he said, "There's the, the the line about oh, I I see you manage to get your shirt off, and we all enjoy that. Meaning, or implying that uh-huh. the other cast members, you know, have seen that and mm-hmm. talked among, talked amongst themselves about. <laughs> they really got Bill, but I don't know if Bill has seen it. Uh, I would love to know what he thinks about it. I'm sure he would enjoy it. Yeah, it's a fun movie. It's very affectionate. Yeah, it's about him. Yeah, what could be better than that? Except him playing it." Now, speaking of him playing things, we should talk about the latest rumor. Oh, yes. The latest movie rumor is uh, that they have cast Nimoy in mm-hmm. a small role and have not cast Bill. Right. And that Bill is pissed off. That was the link that you sent me. Shatner is furious. Yeah, he is furious. He is furious. He's pounding his fists. And stamping his foot. Throwing things across the room. Tearing out his toupee. Oh, furious. Furious. But um, one of the articles that reported on this referred to Spock as Kirk's lovable sidekick. <laughs> now I'm thinking, that, that's what you call Barney Fife. Yep. <laughs> lovable sidekick, definitely. It's like Yogi and Boo Boo. Yeah. <laughs> lovable anyway yeah yeah he's not he's not, not lovable. lovable like in this this cuddly cute way <laughs> well i think we should start referring to spock as kirk's lovable sidekick <laughs> okay just, because... just like we call scotty scotchy <laughs> yes yes definitely i'm captain kirk this is my lovable sidekick <laughs> and my engineer scotchy <laughs> Stevens from a can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works. Scotchy. So, um, so there was a little online discussion about, um, you know, what what would Nimoy be playing? And 
uh, Wildcat said she didn't think he'd be playing Spock. Hmm. And I said, so would he be playing Kirk? (laughs) (laughs) What would he be doing? I'm I'm thinking if the way I would use Nemo if I was using him and not um, not using Kirk is I'd have him be you know playing really old old Spock Mm -hmm. after Kirk's death, Mm -hmm. and he'd be the framing device of remembering this adventure they had together. Or, or whatever it's going to be. So, it would, you know, his part, I think, would mostly be voiceover yeah, or something. that's true. That, they could do that. He still wouldn't be as good as McCoy in that first episode of TNG, though. <laughs> you like great. that? I love that. Really? When he says, when he's walking with Data, he says, you, you sound like a Vulcan boy, but I don't see no pointed ears on you. Oh, you like that, <laughs> huh? I love that. Oh, okay. I thought that was really funny. Jack's ears stood up when you said that. He's got oh, little pointed ears. He's been sleeping through most of this podcast. He's a tired puppy. He is. He's had big, big couple of days. Yeah. Well, I'm glad he got to watch the, the movie with us. Yes. He seemed to enjoy it. He did. Yeah. It was good. He Especially liked- when the pig lizard exploded. Yeah, he did like that. But who wouldn't? Because it, it was very good. Yep. Um, things that are coming up. Yes. Okay. Shatfest. We Yay. need to update everybody. November eighth. Yes. In El Cerrito, it's a double feature, people. Wee. It's Incubus and, and Comanche Blanco. So now you can see twin Shatners on the, the big screen with tight, 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 tight pants, and see him walk through the saloon door. Yep. Swinging doors. And uh, Lena and I will probably be doing some sort of appearance. Yep, we think so. In addition to just being there and drinking and, and eating eat popcorn. Pizza, yes. And pizza and the whole thing. Um, we will probably be there. Mm-hmm. So that's that's very exciting. We're really yeah, looking forward to it. Totally. So if you're going to be in the Bay Area, November 8th, meet you in El Cerrito. Yeah, we can we can definitely arrange to have a meetup at the theater Yeah, before we go in. In fact, maybe we could turn this into Butt Fest. Buttcon, yeah. Buttcon. We, we could do Buttcon. Chatfest, Buttcon. Mm-hmm. Same, same, same thing. thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think that's it. I think that's done. So this is a slightly shorter episode than normal, but we wanted to, to get all this down. So um, go and watch Galaxy Quest if you haven't already. It is so worth your while to And see send it. us your, your insights and yeah. your comments. Yeah, anything that you notice that we missed, because that's always possible. Although not very likely. True. <laughs> 